comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. A new villain emerges. You didn't invite me, so I crashed! From the rooftops of Gotham, the perfect enemy comes to life. You were all the ones that had Star Wars characters as guest stars. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't, they have no licensing for them. No, it was more, more, more than likely it was the fact that, you know, they used some Warner Brothers songs like, you know, I don't know, Pearl Jam or something. In <laughs> Pearl, that would have been amazing if Pearl, Pearl Jam had been in Taxi in I'm, the I'm 1970s. Smells like, uh, yeah, yeah, some, this, yeah, Pearl Jam or Nirvana or something <laughs> like that. No, Taxi was an 80s show, wasn't it? No, no, late 70s. The late 70s, late early 70s. 80s, yeah. Show. Well, that's right, because the guy who went on, who did Taxi later went on to do uh, Cheers, which, yes. which was in the uh-huh. 80s, yeah. Hey, you guys heard this new band of Pearl Jam. <laughs> Leo, no. I keep telling you, it's the 1970s. Here, here's, here's their new CD. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle's thing is not a thing yet. I keep telling you that. Oh, man. Taxi's one of those things that's like, that's a dividing line between generations. Like, if you remember Taxi, at least in reruns, you're you're probably Gen X, you know? Yeah. If you don't, you're a millennial. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I love Taxi. <laughs> I love Taxi. I love Taxi. I uh, love Bob James with the, the soundtrack, did the theme to Taxi. Yeah. Angela, the theme to Taxi. I always screwed up. I always want to do uh, uh, and his mash. album And his album, Touchdown. Really? Which is a very good album. I am, You are so above my head right now. <laughs> and I think my knowledge of 1980s TV shows is pretty solid. That's that's a that's a score right there. That's a weird one. I don't yeah. know why I know that. The only the weird bit of trivia that I will know about a TV theme song. Well, I know a lot of TV theme songs to begin with, but my one... My one really interesting bit is is that the uh, Suicide is Painless, the the theme to MASH, yeah. was actually, ri- the lyrics were written by Robert Altman's son. Oh, <laughs> and he actually, like he was a big pothead, and he uh-huh. still gets royalties from that song. <laughs> Probably from when I think the Stone Roses covered it or whatever, or whatever that band was. <laughs> MASH, the... Uh, that football movie. The original football movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should do that for, no- for November. Oh, it's not a comic book movie. Anyway, welcome uh. to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host, Joe, and with me as always is Kevin. Yay. Today, we're, we're, we got some, some jingle bells going. Christmas time yeah. is here. We're, we're finishing up our, our, our Batman run <laughs> For the for the near future, Christmas comes to Gotham. Yes, with uh the yeah, Christmas, yeah, a bat, very Bat Christmas, <laughs> or also known as Batman Returns. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So we already did the nineteen eighty nine Batman, so we might as well follow it up with the nineteen ninety. Was it ninety two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the nineteen ninety two Batman Returns. Yeah, the second Batman movie as done by Tim Burton and with the soundtrack by Danny Elfman. Right. 
Uh, so we're going to start this off like we start off most podcasts. Kevin, what did you know about Danny DeVito? No, I mean, what, did, what did you know about the Penguin? The Penguin. I know, uh, I knew Burgess Meredith <laughs> with his, uh, with his monocle and his cigarette on a little filter and the top hats. I know all of that. Um, he was considerably less gross <laughs> well, than he is here. And then he went on to train Rocky. Yes. So uh, interesting bit of trivia about at least the the the, the nineteen sixty six Batman with with Merges Meredith. Uh, Meredith. Uh, I always call him Merges Meredith or Burgess Meredith. I can never get it straight in my head. <laughs> if I screw it up, I'm sorry. Uh, he was getting into a fight with his neighbor about something, and his neighbor was a famous person. And I can't remember who it was. It was probably something like Jack Lord. Um, and he got into like a property dispute or something over decorations, and so his neighbor ended up putting little plastic penguins all on his yard. <laughs> um, but no, the 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 penguin first uh, appeared in Detective Comics nineteen fifty eight. Um, guess who created him? Bob Kane. Yes, and Bill Finger. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> um, first debuted in December of nineteen forty one. Something happened then, I think, around that time about penguins. Uh, just 19, something. Well, it's a, some sort of infamous the penguins day. are going to war. <laughs> Actually, that's what happens in this movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, of course, he's always uh, depicted as short and portly, kind of, you know, waddles around with his top hat and monocle and his umbrellas. Um, I, I, it's kind of hard to to kind of figure out where they got the idea for like, well, he's going to wear a tuxedo and he's short, so we might as well just penguins wear tuxedos, right? No, they they don't. <laughs> they just kind of look like they're wearing, well, whatever. We'll call him the penguin. Uh, you know, he's, he's one of those characters that's kind of evolved over time where he, you know, he's initially just like a crime boss or whatever have you. He's kind of returned to those roots in the comics, but he's, uh, much later on, he's kind of, um, described as one of Gotham's first families, kind of like the Waynes, uh, where he is, you know, one of the, he's kind of like the dark opposite of Bruce Wayne, where Bruce Wayne is, um, this figure that uses his power and wealth to help Gotham. Uh, the penguin uses his status and everything to profit off Gotham. He's an to arms make, dealer. To make umbrellas. To make umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be doing that and a bring, lot of this. Bring movie. back the monocle. Yeah, he's you know he's uh he kind of goes through a lot of things. One thing that we're probably gonna see a lot more of on this podcast is kind of talking about how the movies can influence the comics as well as the comics influence the movies. This movie in particular really pushed the penguin into the more grotesque yeah uh the comics kind of took a lot of cues from the movie and turned him into like this def- deformed social outcast as opposed to the aristocrat that he kind of was to begin with uh so it's kind of interesting and you'll see that a lot more with for example the x-men movies or the spider-man movie where you see a lot more of the cues taken from the movies as opposed to the comics um on that note on the uh what did you know about catwoman uh, my Catwoman knowledge, I think pretty much probably also at this time would have come from the TV show, although I don't know how familiar I was with it before seeing this movie the first time. I probably was just aware of a character <laughs> named Catwoman. I, I in, in the same way, I was probably aware of a character named Penguin, like that those were Batman characters. I'd probably seen the TV show. I'd probably seen, um, I don't know if those characters ever made an appearance in like, Super Friends or the Justice League cartoon or anything like that? Probably I don't think not. Catwoman did. Um, Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, maybe the Batman um, 
cartoon. Yeah. Maybe that one is probably where I might have caught it as a kid, but I was um, 10 when this movie came out, <laughs> and so I can't you can really have a, say did how... You have, did you have a sexual awakening while watching this movie? <laughs> You know, um, that would have been interesting, but no. Well, that's where I um, this lo- didn't do anything for me. That's where I learned that lonely women love cats. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very true. And give them power. <laughs> the cats give the lonely women power. <laughs> uh, no, so I'll say probably nothing. So, so who? But who was your 1966 Catwoman? Was it Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather, or Eartha Kitt? Um. I don't remember Eartha Kitt. She was. I think Eartha she Kitt. was only in the movie, if Catwoman. I'm not okay. mistaken. I I would probably just say um, the other ones. <laughs> I, I would say Lee Merriweather. Maybe would probably be the one that comes to my mind I'm first. A, I like Julie Newmar as Catwoman. That's it's a pretty sexy Catwoman. But I do, as I get older, I love the Eartha Kitt Catwoman. Going back and watching that, you're just like, this is ridiculous, and she's <laughs> amazing playing this part. Um, Eartha Kitt is one of those people that I discovered much later in life, and I'm like. Wow, Eartha Kid's really kind of fun and cool. She's that like groovy '60s, '70s. Like she would just randomly appear on like Carson, and, uh, yeah. uh, Johnny Carson, not Carson Daly, to do Santa Baby, uh, or yeah, whatever, like something you know? like that. And it's just like, yeah. oh, that's really cool. Uh, but no, Catwoman, of course, first appeared in Batman number one uh, when oh. Batman got his own series after Detective Comics, created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, she was. She's a jewel thief, and she's once again has gone on through later incarnations to kind of change her background. You know, a lot of these comics when they're first created, they're just like, "Oh, this person's a thief. That's all they are." Or <laughs> right. this person's a, a mob boss. Uh, she was originally just the thief, and has kind of become like a sexual um, antagonist to Batman. Often going to be, she kind of th- that fine line of an antihero uh, or a straight up villain. You know, she works with Batman on occasion. She has no moral code. Uh, a lot of what happened later on when they when they re- kind of rebooted Batman in the 1980s kind of gave him a darker background. Uh, Batman Year One, uh, the they turned Catwoman into kind of a uh, a prostitute who is assaulted and kind of oh. takes it upon herself to become like this protector of women, a very feminist bent to her. Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting to see how none of this is used in the Batman Returns movies. <laughs> Batman Returns. How can you be so mean to someone so meaningless? This power plant is my legacy. It's what I leave behind for Chip. Nothing must prevent that. Okay. Go ahead. Intimidate me. Bully me if it makes you feel big. I mean, it's not like you can just kill me. Actually... It's a lot like that. Huh? Huh? <laughs> 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 you know, for a second there, you really frightened me. <laughs> da 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 <laughs> The movie opens without Batman for 45 minutes. <laughs> no, he, he shows up, he drives around, and then he leaves. Yeah. And then he's gone for another 20 minutes. <laughs> I, I think, well, the, the, to start off, we could talk about the, the, the far too long opening shot, tracking shot, of uh, the Penguin's birth. Oh, so yeah. Oh, this is one of those movies where you could just tell... 
Tim Burton loves the grotesque. He loves the social outcasts, the the weirdos. He doesn't really care so much about Batman so much yeah. as these weirdos that he's fighting. That had been established, I think, by by that point too. I mean, this is ninety two, so I mean, he's yeah. got a few movies under his belt that you know have. A, a lot of that in the Edward Scissorhands. Um, was Edward Scissorhands pre ninety two? Was he was ninety? I think it was a movie he did right before this one. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, you would have had that, and you would have had also um, a Christmas movie, by the way. <laughs> if I it's suppose. Uh, yeah, uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, a lot of those kind of Pee Wee Herman, where, who where makes an appearance as Oswald Cobblepot's yeah, father. Does um, grotesque, but not. Um, like overly disgusting like there's sort of moments here when it's kind of like but it's also i i think it it's skirts that line it's very it's it goes right up to that line where it isn't like overly like excessively disgusting it's certainly yeah. not bloody or anything no. like that it's just kind of like yeah. just it's just weird it's like you know that kid in high school and you're just kind of like well if i leave him alone he won't kill me when he eventually snaps <laughs> right. you know it would be nice to him once yeah maybe lend him a pen or something yeah, like there that you go. who's the comedian who does that bit was it is that dane cook where he, he does the bit about giving no i think it's uh, Lou. i knew louis i think maybe has, it's louis yeah has a a, recent yeah. bit well maybe that. if it's yeah, louis then dane nice cook probably guy. stole the bit <laughs> Um, yeah, so you have that the incredibly long tracking shot. It's, it's Penguin's birth with with Paul Rubens does this great like I didn't remember him being in the movie that long. Yeah, he doesn't it, do much, but he's there to to really yeah. They they so you know of course when you you have a deformed child probably through thalidomide uh, because this was probably the seventies or eighties or whenever uh, <laughs> you know he's born with flipper hands so I might as well just dump him in a river. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And There's no hope for him at this point. Yeah. And we see that he's got a, a little bit of a of a violent streak, even as a oh, yeah. newborn baby, because he kills the cat. Yeah. Well, he's e- easily like one, maybe at this point two, and he's been living in a cage. So yeah. there's that. There's a lot of weird par- a lot of a lot of mixed feelings on cats in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. see, and there's a lot of, uh, there's, a, there's a lot, we commented on this when we watched it, I think we watched it last weekend, yeah. and uh, there, there was a lot that we saw where um, there were things set up there where he's kind of looking through the bars, yeah. which he does uh, in the next scene before we get to see him, and then uh, the big hanging duck, and he hangs giant rubber duckies <laughs> everywhere, because yeah. that was just like one toy as a baby, you know? Yeah. See, Chris Nolan, take, take some notes and learn how to actually <laughs> parallel symbolism in your movies yeah you never have to watch another christopher <laughs> nolan batman movie or again. another christopher nolan movie ever again <laughs> thank god uh but yeah so there's this this great like it's it goes on far too long of course because this is the, it's, yeah the long and the whole sequence and uh, the, the the opening credits and we have to listen to the opening score <laughs> yeah which <laughs> so yeah the, the opening interlude so to yeah, s- yeah the overture the of, overture uh, and then, of course, we go to uh, modern day Gotham, or mm-hmm. modern day in quotes, because uh, we don't know when this is taking place. <laughs> right. It still inexplicably looks like the 40s. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are driving Studebakers. And we have a tree lighting ceremony where we get to meet our, our main antagonist of the film, Max Shrek, as played by the immortal Christopher Walken, who everyone, I will fly my flag at half staff when he dies, man, because. Mm. He is just unbelievable in this movie. Yeah, uh, so much just, fun. Uh, just eating scenery. Like, he takes his cues really from, I think, the Nicholson Joker more than anyone else. Yeah. With, with just, like, just 
really gnawing on the drywall on the plaster <laughs> right of this movie and of course we get our, our first uh, antagonist which is a carnival of crime oh. who are seeking to disrupt this yeah. merry event the weird circus themed gang of murderers which, i guess which criminals prob- probably would have made more sense working with the joker yeah but yeah so but instead yeah the joker just got like Random goons, random hired goons, <laughs> hired goons, but hired goons. Yeah, we learn that the penguin gets, and the only real sort of connection that you can kind of make is like sort of the freak show mm-hmm. connection. Which well, there's the poodle lady and the strong man. It's a little more freak showy. It's like than, a yeah. well, yeah. I mean, it's right. It's a circus freak show. I don't know where the big skull like. Mardi Gras-esque, or not Mardi Gras, um, like... Yeah, Mardi Gras. Day of the yeah. Dead. Yeah, Dia de los like, Muertos. Yeah, like weird skull motorcycle guys. I don't know where they fit in, but they're kind of acrobatic. Yeah, Doug Jones, also part of the uh, part of the team who we talked about in Hellboy, played Abe Sapien. He was one of the... one of the. I think he was the oh. tall... One of the tall oh, clowns, nice. yeah. Of course, the goofiest. But then, of course, you know, this is like... Once again, 30 minutes into the movie at this point after the opening <laughs> sequence and the whole thing with Max Shrek. And then Batman finally arrives. Yeah. Driving his Batmobile, beating up thugs and all that. Running fun him down. Yeah. I, and I think I think we even have like a scene before then with like Max Shrek in a boardroom at this point. Yeah. And we introduce his assistant, Selena, Selena Kyle. Kyle. Played by... Everyone's sexy sweetheart of the 1990s, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Yeah, she... There was, like, a four-year streak where she was just, like, the hot stuff of Hollywood. And yeah. And doing, I think, uh, Witches of Eastwick, maybe? No, she wasn't in Witches of Eastwick. Oh, was she? Yeah, I don't recall. I remember she did Wolf with Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And... And, and uh, uh, Dangerous Minds. Da- well, that was a, a little, little later. later. That, that was, like, late 90, 90s. Yeah, 96, 97. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of, like, the last, like... Hurrah of Michelle Pfeiffer at that yeah. point, I would say. Trying to, uh, you know, maybe graduate into, uh, you know, more serious roles. Yeah, and then she really hasn't done anything since. <laughs> I feel kind of bad. Yeah, I mean, at, the, at this Where point. Where is Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. And, Do we know? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so then, uh, but yeah, Max Shrek, he has this whole plot at this point is to s- create a power station a, a new power plant that's gonna steal power and hoard it it's very difficult to explain i i didn't find it all that obvious it's just, it, maybe it's just because it gets explained once by selena kyle uh, a little bit later when she kind of figures it out um by doing the research for whatever and then she <laughs> realizes that that's what the thing is actually going to do and i guess you assume he's gonna hoard it and then he's gonna sell it back to the city like and, probably at a at a profit and that's bad but yeah it's not entirely clear what exactly that's supposed to be and i'm kind of assumed that's what power plants do in general <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I don't I, know i mean this doesn't that what isn't that what like like nightcore does anyway they just kind of like hoard it and then sell it at extraordinary prices He's, yeah i think so max is just kind of doing business I'm, i don't know i, I with his, i take it at face value <laughs> he's doing a bad thing the movie tells me it's yeah. a bad thing so I, I, I just don't understand it well, I mean, of course, you know, Penguin kidnaps Max Shrek at this point and mm-hmm. takes him down to the sewer and wants to expose his crimes for blackmail, kind of helping him out, I guess. Yeah. Because the Penguin has a plan at this point. And he we, wants something. We see the Penguin and it's Danny DeVito, who's 
amazing in this movie. <laughs> I think Danny DeVito is amazing in anything he does. Yeah. Especially since he lost all control over, like, just his mental functions. He's just amazing. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite characters in Always Sunny, and of course we were talking earlier about Taxi. Yeah, you know where where he was playing Louis, and Louis wasn't all there to begin with. So, yeah, yeah, and then he does, of course, uh, Romancing the Stone and the the what was it, Bonfire of the Vanities. I think he was in. Gosh, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He would just show up here and there and be very weird. Twins. Twins! Yes! Oh my gosh. I love that movie. <laughs> During that weird Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy period. The 90s were a weird time, people. Yeah. You, you Those who didn't grow up like in the 90s don't really understand how weird of a time that was for movies. We were getting some strange crap. It's not worth your nostalgia that <laughs> no. you people have, okay? There's, yeah. there's nothing to be happy about in that time. <laughs> it was, no, I mean, you know... Some of the music was good. But... <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that's about it. That's that's about it. So, yeah, so he's he's trying to get Max to help him out. And Max sees uh, a plan because the mayor doesn't want doesn't want his, the power plan. The mayor's like the against mayor's it. against him and he's going to try to yeah, he's going to try to oust the mayor. Yeah. By replacing him mid-season. <laughs> yeah. No, no election, but just he, 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 there's going to be... He says, oh, but there, it's not an election season. And he says, let me worry about that. <laughs> and then it's just, okay. It's never... It's just one of those, you know, yeah. he just puts a great... He just hangs a great big lampshade on that <laughs> and then walks away and that's it. Uh, it's just one of those moments. Yeah, he's um, like a he's like a William Randolph Hearst type of guy where yeah. he's just like, yeah! I'll, I'll provide you the war. I'll Don't worry do about what it. I want. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he's he's he figures that who else besides the weird <laughs> people of Gotham stuck in a bizarre <laughs> time warp that makes it simultaneously the '90s and the '40s and always night, by the way, and always night. It's never during the day in this no, movie. No, no. Uh, which is interesting. Maybe it's like Dark City. Yeah, where it's like. But don't you remember? Like, of course, there's the sun. But do you remember the sun? <laughs> huh? Now that you mention it, <laughs> the buildings start flipping over and changing. <laughs> Danny DeVito's Batman now. <laughs> I've oh, always I'd, been Batman. I'd pay to see that movie. <laughs> Take all of my money, please. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's yeah, like just, that's this this disgusting sewer monster is going to be the mayor, and the people will elect him. Yeah, and that's the craziest thing of all the people that Ma- Max Shrek could run for mayor, and it prob- would make a lot, a lot more, more sense. sense. Right. But he's like, no, I I see this this uh, this underdog story in this grotesque human being <laughs> who probably smells terrible oh yeah like that's the that's the one thing i gotta like and they're always wearing fur in the sewers i'm like that can't smell good and that scene the one scene that we talked about how it's grotesque but not super like disgusting but the one scene that is really disgusting is where he's walking around in like the long underwear (laughs) and it's like egg-shaped stained and it just looks like 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 you couldn't you're already in base you're not really in a sewer it's it's kind of it's, it's, an, in a, it's a sewer because they take them down into the sewers it's an abandoned zoo zoo the, the geography doesn't really make a lot of sense here that 
It's an abandoned zoo where I guess the zoo closed down, which happens. We're in a Scooby-Doo universe where everything's abandoned. But the penguins are just still there. <laughs> yeah. Self-sufficient. They've obviously bred. Well, and it- they're obviously like... There's thousands of penguins now. As we know, penguins are the hardiest animals in the animal kingdom. They can survive. <laughs> Apparently. After the apocalypse, the two things that will survive are roaches and penguins. I, I guess so. And yeah. they're swimming around in this. There's seats. Like, it's clearly like there yeah. was a penguin show at some point. Like, that was the idea. Because people that's love like being their... entertained by penguins because they're so trainable. <laughs> that was apparently their... The thing, well, the habitat. Well, yeah. see, that's why it closed down because no one went to the damn penguin show <laughs> because it was stupid. So they put all their eggs in that basket. Or maybe it's because the penguins became self-aware and they the penguins just ended up closing it themselves because these penguins are really smart. They in this are movie. crazy smart, and and I guess that's how that works. But yeah, the they dump. So in the beginning, they dump the 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 whole crate with the the you know one or one year old you know penguin in there. And then it floats, as we see, yeah. and it gets into the sewers, and it floats and floats, and then ends up in, in the this penguin habitat. penguin habitat, which, yeah, that's, maybe it's their mutated thanks to the radioactive waste, and that that's could why be it. the penguin, yeah, because because that's what Penguin says. He says to Shrek, he's like, what about all the nuclear waste you got downstairs? It's just so bizarre, like, why would the penguin enclosure be fed into with, like, the garbage? I just... Anyway, but I mean, what I kind of like about the plot is it's very comic booky. It's it's very much like yeah, like I'm the bad guy. I'm this businessman. This is this is the only way that this could happen. Like, and we're we're sitting here going, well, there's lots of other ways that this could happen, but it's <laughs> it's so comic booky. It works. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, you know, afterwards, it's like. Max is like, let me go, and let me go, I'll take care of this, don't worry about it. And they take him upstairs, and then he goes back upstairs and sets all the wheels in motion right. for, for this. He sees something, he sees something in the penguin, and he's going, he's going to help him make it happen. But first, he walks in on his secretary. Well, before that, uh, Selena is, um, she's one of the ones who are attacked by the, by the clown thing, and she realizes... Yes. Like, oh, and she gets saved yeah. by Batman. Yeah. I'm a worthless woman. Oh, if only I could protect myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that sort of thing. She steals a taser, which comes back later, Nolan. Um, I mean, seriously. <laughs> if only we could get this autopilot. <laughs> then Catwoman will be safe. Yeah. I mean, so she ends up uh, with, she ends up going, because she has to go get his speech, because he for, she forgets his yeah. speech and everything like that. And she's setting up a meeting for... Bruce Wayne. Between Max Shrek and Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne for yeah. some reason. Yeah, because well, he needs investors is what yeah. he needs, you know. Um, never spend your own money on a project, Kevin. It's one thing I've learned from, oh. from like, The Player and amongst other movies. Never <laughs> never spend your own money on, right. on any project. Uh, so, But she catches Max and she's like, explains this whole plot, which is like, oh, you're building a power plant, which is going to provide power for people. Okay. And then charge them for it. How dare you? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, it's still I'm sure the, there's something we're missing that's evil. I just, I have no idea. It's so evil, it's worth killing someone yeah. for. And, you know, deposing the mayor yeah. in favor of a sewer monster. Because <laughs> that's going to work out in the end. Trust me. The sewer monster. You know what? I'll vote for sewer monster in 2015. <laughs> Why not? He supports the unions. <laughs> so many people in this city. Yeah. 
but you are a sewer monster. <laughs> I think I can do this. <laughs> Why not? What are you, Republican, Democrat, <laughs> sewer monster? <laughs> All right, about sewer monster. I'm going to go straight down the ballot, sewer monster. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he, uh, most of the cabinet is now penguins. Yeah, Max Shrek, <laughs> penguins and circus clowns. I'd, li- I'd like you to meet my uh, secretary of education, Flippy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about putting evolution in the textbooks? <laughs> All right, Kansas edition it is. <laughs> or Texas edition, there we go. Say what you will, about as much is getting done in <laughs> politics as it was before everyone was penguins. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the, uh, the Eternal Ge- Attorney General is going to give a briefing at the Supreme Court. Speaky? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, he makes some good points, but I don't know if I'm convinced. <laughs> Shut up, Scalia. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Max pushes her off. To, I just I can't get over this point of the penguins in the gun. <laughs> so Max pushes uh, Selena out the window. Yeah. And uh, attempts she, to murder her. Yeah, but she ends up getting her fall cushioned by a bunch of uh, um, canopies. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, I didn't really get it. Like, I thought she died as a kid and was brought and back then, to life by right, the kitty cats. By the cats nippling on her. Yeah. Which is what they do. It's like, as soon as you're dead, it's like, like the cats are going to eat you. Yeah. yeah. That, I've come to that conclusion right away that my cat is going to eat me if given any chance whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I respect cats. <laughs> One, they'll eat you if you die, and two, they'll poop in a box. I'm mm. okay with uh, both of those things I'm fine with. Sure. Uh, but yeah, well, you actually see earlier, she goes to her apartment and everything, and you find out she's very lonely. Yeah. <laughs> she has a dollhouse. Feeds and, cats. Yeah. Got all these cats that she... Yeah, stray know. cats that she feeds. And, right. You know, she's got this little one-bedroom apartment in God... Or, yeah, she's got kind of a nice apartment right, in Gotham. The hideaway she, bed. Yeah, yeah. Murphy bed. The Murphy bed. <laughs> I like how you're like, oh, that's a nice closet she has there. Right. I was like, oh, that's a really big closet. Oh, it's, it's a, a bed. It's, oh, it got a, sad. And it's a. It's not a small apartment. She didn't really need to have a hideaway bed. <laughs> yeah, it's not like she had that much stuff. It's not like she had a one-room apartment in Soho, you know? Yeah, where you need to, to have that space. And yeah. And you have to, like, move all of your crap out of the way to pull the bed down. No, she had a kitchen, a bathroom, bedroom. Yeah. She had, it was a nice apartment. I'm sure it didn't. Right. I'm sure it was probably like a 300 bed, a 300 month apartment in, in Gotham. I mean, I don't know what the property rates are there. I mean, it, it might be, you know, it might be fixed. I don't know. I mean, now in Chicago and Wicker Park, that bedroom would cost 1200 a month. Oh, but God, yeah. <laughs> that's a luxury apartment. Ridiculous. In, yeah. yeah. In Wicker Park. Local <laughs> references. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I'm not going to let Logan Square end up like Wicker Park. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Not since they opened up the 606. I can't afford my apartment anymore, so now I live in the old abandoned penguin habitats. <laughs> and that has been our Chicago Minute. Um, but yeah, so, but she ends up coming back to life, and I think she probably thinks maybe she's been reborn. I got or... that impression that she she has sort of this awakening, you know, that she kind of just got jolted and and there's this idea that that was her they play off the whole like cats have nine lives yeah yeah and so she's able to and you keep track during the movie or she keeps track during the movie for you that she's already died once so she's already kind of on eight yeah um and that sort of caused her to be literally you know resurrected and reborn as this new character someone who's had enough and she goes and and 
takes I, it, it's got like I always people always say leather, but that looked more like vinyl. Like she stitched yeah. together like a vinyl. Like, she didn't have right because she made it herself and she just had the material. She didn't stop off at well, well she, you know yeah. the store first you know to be like I need to make something up. Like she, she took had her, it. She <laughs> didn't have huge swaths of leather in her yeah. apartment. I guarantee you that. Unless she used her wardrobe from Greece too. I don't think so. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, yeah. So she stitches together this this suit that's probably very hard to pee in. That's all I gotta say. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's you, once you're into that thing, you're not coming out. No, yeah, no, not no. practical. And, and one thing I did like about it throughout the movie is that it it got damaged. Like she stitches it together, and you could see it falling apart throughout the movie, which is kind of kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, actually, they they took a lot of cues from her costume from this movie into the comics in the Batman animated series, uh, the nine the '90s animated series. Like her costume is a lot based off of this Michelle Pfeiffer costume. Mm. Not none of the stitches, but like the 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 kind of, I guess, cat suit is what you'd call right. it, yeah. And they, they took a lot from that, and she, this is the time where she gets her vengeance against men. Yeah. She's she's done with men. Sure. She puts on these little, like, thimble claws. And the thing is that she's also simultaneously frustrated with the women that she has to save, save. for kind of not taking care of themselves, right? For being, you know, helpless victims, because that's what she was, and now mm-hmm. she's sort of uh being a little a little too uh a little too social justice worry i don't know man I, maybe i don't even know i don't even know what she's doing but yeah maybe it's it's just a little like uh you know maybe you shouldn't get in a yeah and it's little, a little, little victim blaming so yeah. sort of like the opposite of social justice <laughs> worry i mean it's, it's like it's she it's kind and of an inter- like well what were you doing walking around wearing that <laughs> is what she says to yeah. Uh, Shut up, Scalia. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, she—it's this weird. Like she's got a very interesting character because she yeah. does. She hates both the victim and the and and the the criminal at the same time. Right. You know, she she blames both of them. Like, right. There's a little bit of both, and I think there's a little self hatred in it as well. Right. Right. It's yeah. it's all projection <laughs> that she's doing. <laughs> this has been Kevin's Freud moment. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so, I mean, and then you have that, and of course, and uh, it the guy the switchbacks to Max. You know, she he has a meeting with with Bruce Wayne, and Selena shows up, and Max is like, "Selena, <laughs> um, you're alive." <laughs> Which, of course, you why wouldn't you be? Uh, <laughs> well, I love that I he comes up with this backstory for her because he's so right. Like, she was on a ski trip, trip or something like, like that. Get back from your ski trip <laughs> so early to like, Mount. I killed you. <laughs> like he was just telling, Wait. like he was he was probably telling like Bruce Wayne or like there was like a missing scene where he's like telling Bruce Wayne like he's trying to get his files together and he's like I'm sorry my secretary she's on a ski trip. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe. You no, know, that's like a m- little missing scene because it's like a, like why is he coming up with this story for her? This makes no sense. Right. There yeah. doesn't need to be a yeah. story like <laughs> yeah. Bruce. Like who's benefiting from that story? Like Bruce doesn't know what's <laughs> he happening. Doesn't know. He's just like. Uh, oh, good thing she was on that ski trip. I, I was I was concerned earlier about this right. whole thing. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. But of course, Bruce Wayne falls instantly in love with her because mm. he's only actually met one woman before this, Vicky Vale, and she uh, she left him as according to the continuity of this movie. He actually Yo. mentions her. Yeah, Does he? Yeah, I remember he he that. says yeah. like I was in love with one woman, and she uh you know she chose her you know photography above me or whatever else whatever he hmm. says some weird stupid thing the 
one of the two times he'll reference Vicky Vale. He actually referenced her later in, I think, either Batman uh, Batman and Robin or Batman Forever, where he says, I'm not the one who let Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Says <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that to Alfred, of course. Played once again by Michael Gao. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Wayne! <laughs> <laughs> There's a cat on the front doorstep to see you. Alfred, this is Catwoman. You couldn't have told me it was Catwoman? I wanted it to be a surprise. <laughs> Vaguely, Vincent Price. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So it's this this kind of uh, weird su- pseudo sexual thing he's got going on with her. Like, I the flirting I didn't buy in this movie. Like, no, was, they didn't have a lot of. They didn't really have any natural chemistry. No, was, they didn't. It was a little awkward. Yeah, uh, it, Michael Keaton's not really known for womanizing, so I think maybe that's why he doesn't have a lot of that that chemistry. Like, I never really see him. Like I don't, I'm, it's weird. His chemistry wasn't very good with Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman either. No, not was, Nicole, or, um, Kim Basinger. Yeah. Sorry, um, either because it was, um, I, and I blamed mostly. I blamed her for that because um, she played the character a little, not quite neurotic, but just she was a little all over the place, and yeah. it was hard to believe that she was yeah. able to kind of focus on one thing. Um, whereas here. They seem like they should be more evenly matched, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because they're they're a little too similar. Um, th- that chemistry was not there. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. Um, and I, I don't know if it was an act of choice. She had better like, chemistry with Christopher Walken. Yeah, she did. <laughs> um, there was there was a, there's a weird um, choice that they that they they kind of made with Bruce Wayne to make him I'm in love with her. I like her because she's a girl. Like, there's that weird kind of, like, yeah. kind of flabbergasted or cur- what, what's the flibberty gibber? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Flummoxed. Flummoxed. Let's go back to our, our 1940s words that we're using. I'm bringing all those words back. <laughs> she, he really was. But, I mean, I'll give it to you. He was, like, flummoxed and he was, like, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say to you. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm in love with your secretary, Max. And that's because he's an awkward, weird loner. I guess, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he just, he doesn't know how to talk to girls. Yeah, and, of course, Ed, we already learned earlier that Bruce Wayne wants nothing to do with his power, with his power plan scheme because power should be free? I guess I yeah. Gotham doesn't need any power. This is all the power we have. Coal plants, and that's all we'll ever need. <laughs> well, because they live in a in a world of perpetual well, night. Yeah, uh, they definitely need to. You know, they need to light uh, the city all the time. So I don't. Our know. city needs to be lit by oil by whale oil. That's all we'll <laughs> ever need, Max. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get you nuclear. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's kind of weird that whole thing. Clean coal is the answer. But that, that well, I keep telling you, Bruce, there's no <laughs> such thing as clean coal. <laughs> I mean, you get more radiation from that than anything else. Have you ever been to Gary, Indiana? <laughs> um, but yeah, so they have this, uh, which leads, of course, to the next scene where it's this whole thing where uh, the mayor's son gets kidnapped. The mayor's child gets kidnapped by the penguins' goons. Yeah, the, well, I think the, that's, isn't that after the whole mayoral thing when he decides he's going to kidnap all of Gotham's firstborn? Not yet. So okay. so what is happens is the mayor's son uh gets kidnapped and the by the by the 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 clowns. Yeah. And the they he jumps down in the sewer and the penguin returns the son and that's how he's his big entrance into the spotlight. Is he's going to like oh, his like yeah. Right. Yes. He's shown to the people of Gotham as this yeah. as this person and Max takes it upon him to kind of 
take him under his wing, right? You know, and 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 that's where you find out that he's Oswald Cobblepot, and it's, he was abandoned by his parents. Yeah. He forgives his parents, and this big, it's this big, you know, PR thing that he's right. doing, and that's what eventually leads Max to want him to be the mayor. Like he brings, you know, he brings him downstairs from his like weird apartment. <laughs> thing that he has no idea that people underneath him are setting up all these desks and everything <laughs> he's like look at this and he's like when did you do this he's like well, I, while you were sleeping i hired non-union it was quick <laughs> um and he does this whole the, the whole like cobble pot for mayor and the big picture that looks like yeah. the 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 british meredith yeah, yeah they they try to give him a mod they they yeah right he's got the top hat and the monocle and then they try to give, give him, him the cigarette, cigarette and he and he spits it out he won't he won't do it it's a it's a little nod and sort of a rejection of that vision of the penguin which is another weird choice i wanted to mention like in thinking about it like the way that max gets him to go downstairs is with like a fish because <laughs> the penguin fish. loves eating yeah. raw fish yeah. and he's going downstairs and he's got this raw fish that he's eating he's a, and he's just <laughs> it's weird that that gross unitard yeah. like, thing that or onesie that you're talking about and there's all these people who, and he doesn't like <laughs> none of them are phased by this at no. all like honestly like they're it, not getting paid enough to be like, there there's no way <laughs> no way like there's no, no one screams yeah like no one faints like yeah honestly you could think of any person that you see and they're eating like a raw fish not like sushi or anything like that just <laughs> no, like a raw no, like if you had a plate of sashimi you'd be okay but he's <laughs> eating a raw fish bones and all with the head on and the tail this is before on. the sort of sushi boom when yeah. people were actually eating sushi in america yeah like a like a the that like patrick bateman 80s thing going on yeah. but no he's eating a raw fish and no one it no one blinks an eye at this these are all conscious choices made by the director and the actors which i find so bizarre there wasn't like it would have been better if like he came downstairs and like there was at least one woman like it's dead silent like everyone's applauding when he comes down and then it just like goes to dead silence and someone in the background just faints <laughs> <laughs> he's eating a fish what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like someone throwing up. Like that would have been like uh, I think a better choice. I don't want to armchair quarterback it too much, but it's just so bizarre that no one pays any yeah. attention. Like they all consciously ignore it. Well, I mean, that's how you know that this is a plausible scenario where he could <laughs> become potentially mayor. become mayor. I guess, yeah. And the great Jan Hooks, you know, moment right yeah. there with uh, the the other guy who uh, dozens of 80s movies yeah, yeah i can I never remember, remember his actor, name but yeah yeah and he penguin bites his nose and you know it's like with all that blood gushing out of your nose and <laughs> right. this was a kids movie kevin this was this was a movie that was actively uh marketed towards kids there was mcdonald's happy meal toys of this movie and the penguin eating a raw fish and biting a he's guy's so nose raunchy too in that <laughs> oh, movie he's God. like i'd like to fill her mind or whatever <laughs> yeah, he says that's exactly about Catwoman. just oh my god his name is steve whitting yeah by the way just in a dozens of, he's one of those guys that you that you see in movies he's in wolf of wall street oh works with scorsese a lot he was also in shutter island anyway yeah neither here nor there <laughs> gets his nose bitten yeah and that's very true. He is like really raunchy. Like, and I love it. I love Danny DeVito when he's raunchy. That's the best Danny DeVito, <laughs> right? You don't, you don't really get Danny DeVito in your movie if you want him, to, <laughs> yeah, to be family friendly. No, you just don't. no, no, no. I mean, you can. He was in Matilda. That was a good movie. Oh, but, man. but he's best when he's raunchy. He's best when he's like, ah, I would <laughs> fill her void. 
Yeah, like like leering, gross, <laughs> sexual Danny DeVitos. That's yeah. Penguin. That's what you want in the movie. And it, it works. It really works for that character. As a kid, I'm watching it going, I don't get any of this. No. But as an adult, I'm like, I get this. He wants to have sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you... you uh, uh, you have this. The, the, he's running for mayor now, and it, he's putting into. Uh, and earlier, of course, when he's trying to figure out who he is, he goes up to the Hall of Records because every city has the big Hall of Records that says Hall of Records on the outside. Sure. And he's able to go through all of the birth records and, you know, find each firstborn child of Gotham. Because that's his plan. There's a lot of weird, like, Moses type symbolism in this movie hmm. you know the wicker basket the killing of the firstborn yeah he throws his staff down and it becomes a snake <laughs> yeah i'm not sure what to do with that but it's there <laughs> it is um you know and of, of course throughout this entire thing batman's Let not my penguins go <laughs> batman's not batman hasn't been in this movie since like the first 10 <laughs> minutes of this movie you know the first 20 minutes of this movie he, he's he, Bruce. See a lot. He sees some Bruce Wayne, not a lot of Bruce Wayne. A lot of shots of Bruce Wayne watching the Penguin on TV, <laughs> yeah. uh, drinking his bat sherry or whatever he's yeah. drinking at the time. And so they know that Batman is kind of the the one thing that can kind of get in the way of their that in logic. <laughs> but they can't kill logics. But they think they can kill Batman. So Penguin and Catwoman are going to team up. Yeah, that's and that's kind of well. It's be, before that because then they do the the whole like assault on Christmas that they do. They 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 he lets the clowns the war, the war on Christmas the war on Christmas right. They attack the Christmas tree. Fox has been warning us about it this whole time. <laughs> they attack the Christmas tree. They change all the Starbucks well, they, cups. They they kill the uh, they kill the they ban uh, saying <laughs> yes. Merry Christmas. Well, and they kill Miss Gotham too. They push her off the the ledge, and they frame they they're framing Batman for it. That's yeah. the thing is they want yeah. they have to. It's I don't know if they they're gonna. That's true. I sh- I, sh- I said that they're gonna kill Batman. I don't know if it's that, um, but they're gonna try to make him like them in the sense where he's sort of a, an outcast. Yeah, it's very as well. It's very which com- he always kind of is, but yeah, it's very uh, oh comic well. booky because their plan makes really no sense. Like, why yeah. would Batman? Why would Batman care what? Gotham really thinks about him. It's not like Nolan yeah. where he's like, no, I have to be the, the Gotham's Dark Knight. Right. You know, it's like... It's- Every eighth Batman comic book, I'm sure, like, once or twice a year, someone <laughs> has a storyline where the villains are going to try to frame Batman, Batman for, for a like, crime, yeah. this thing, and it's always that crazy, like, um, it always almost works. Like, you'd think that the people of Gotham after a certain point, it's always like um, what always used to irk me about Three's Company, where every single episode of Three's Company was always like... The misunderstanding. The misunderstanding, and like two of them would be against the other character because they, they think like that the third character did something horrible, and instead of just asking and having a conversation <laughs> about it, they're just like, we're going to not talk to that person ever again. It's that whole thing where it's like, you'd think after the 12th time this happens, it's like... You know, Batman probably didn't kill <laughs> Miss uh, Miss Gotham Miss or whatever, Gotham, yeah. Miss Christmas Gotham, whatever it is. Probably didn't do it because he's been saving people for like twenty years. But uh, <laughs> I would love the Mister. I don't know. That looks pretty suspicious. So maybe he did this time. I would. I would love to have uh, the Mister. Furley moment where it's like, "What, Jack? <laughs> you're Batman." <laughs> well, Batman. I thought Batman was gay. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's looking out though. No, that's Roper. Roper's that's, looking that's out the right. window. It's the, it's the Bat Mansion. Like, like they got the the Gotham Mansion. I know uh, uh, Wayne Manor, and right next door is the Furleys living in the, you know, uh, the Ropers living <laughs> right. in their like apartment across the way. And he's like constantly looking into Wayne Manor, and he's just like, I know he's, I know he's Batman. I know, I know he's, he's doing Batman. something in there. I know he's doing something in there. And she's like, leave him alone. I keep telling you, he's not, not Batman. Batman. <laughs> He is Batman. What do you know? <laughs> I'm going to prove it. <laughs> and then what's his like? Larry comes in. He's like, Bruce, me, you, twins, hot tub. Don't worry about Mr. Roper. He, I won't let him know that you're the... You're making a Batman thing. <laughs> like a, he makes like a Batman symbol or something like that. God. <laughs> Come on, knock on our cave. We'll be right <laughs> Bat's uh, company too. <laughs> boo, Batman returns too. <laughs> Where it's hers and his and Bat's. <laughs> Bat's company too. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a whole action sequence where they're where the clowns are taking over Gotham, and you know Catwoman blows up the building. Yeah, and, yeah. Lot no, of, uh, that's lot where of it is. Explosives. So that's okay. So that's the that's the the, the issue. I got a little screwed up. So they 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 set the the, the war on on Gotham. They they try blowing stuff up. Batman tries taking care of it, and that's where Oswald Cobblepot puts this whole thing about I I challenge the mayor to relight the Gotham City tree, and that's and so that's when he teams up with Catwoman. They get. Miss Gotham up onto the roof and they push her down right. and everyone's like, look, it's Batman up there. Batman pushed her. And then bats fly out of the Christmas tree <laughs> yeah, for <bats>. some reason. <laughs> That's such a great scene, too. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's such a... It's very, very 60s television-ish where it's like, Batman's like, what? No! It, it wasn't me! I yeah, didn't yeah. push her! I tried to save her! He's running around with a giant bomb <laughs> trying to figure out where to put it. No, no, no. That's I don't Dark have time Night, for this. That's Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and so that's where the, Miss Gotham dies, and she's like pretty much like the first person to die in this movie, really. Um, except for all of the concussions Batman gave every one of those yeah, thugs. Yeah, that's true. With his little bat battering that's got the remote control that you love so much. Oh, my God. It's such a dumb scene. And the poodle grabs this it. This is where we get a lot of really silly bat-themed yeah. stuff, where like everything in his... In in the Batcave has the Batman logo on it, like he's standing in front of the microwave, but it's like the Bat Grow Wave. It's got you know like, what I mean? It's like, got like it's got the settings. It's got like potato, popcorn, Bat symbol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right? I, yeah. I don't, yeah. There's a lot of like really ridiculous it's, stuff. Like it's this is the first movie that starts down that heavily merchandise yeah. like very silly like this is where the seeds of the batman credit card that yeah. we see a couple movies from now are sown like it's not that wouldn't have been super out of place in this movie i mean it would have been out of place uh, yeah and it would have been terrible but it wouldn't have been that out of place like it was it would have been in like even the last movie the first movie no you're 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 right i mean and there there is a lot of, but it's all about branding man it's it's bruce wayne knows it's all about branding yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's gotta whatever gotta get that bad symbol out there <laughs> gotta see if people see it that's it's terrible it's it is yeah, I'm not uh, i don't know but yeah i i i, I like uh, I, I like that idea of like because well, it finally pulls Batman into the story first yeah. of all. Otherwise, yeah. he's just been watching it and like kind of having a weird crush on Selena Kyle yeah. 
and it, that's about it. And then having these like sort of one on one kind of confrontations with each of them. Well, yeah, he has his he has that weird fight with that that weird like sex fight that like heroes yeah. and and his female villains fight. have, and then he has the. Uh, sort of not a fight with the penguin because if he just punched the penguin in the face, he would. <laughs> right, he would die. Like, <laughs> oh, right. my he's God. a he's just like a like penguin is just like a big squishy soggy nothing. Right, he's <laughs> just for sure horrible. Like, if you if Batman punched him really hard, he'd probably like crush his skull. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Poorly, he's no, he's just a terrible diet, you know, that he, like. It's all fish. Right, it's not like he could beat up on somebody and, like, oh, they'll get yeah. really hurt, but they'll recover. Like, no, he'd probably kill him with one punch, so. Yeah, and he's got all those, but he does have umbrellas that have knives and guns in them. Yeah. And one that's designed sure to give you works. a splitting headache. Uh, <laughs> I love this. It's easier with just, like, a ricin tipped, you know. That's one of my favorite scenes. He that could we- stab him with an umbrella, and then like five years later, Bruce Wayne dies. <laughs> one of my favorite little moments at the beginning is when he's got Max tied up, and he's got all the umbrellas, and he's pulling them out, and he's like, "What's that supposed to do? Hypnotize me? No, but I'll give you a split headache." <laughs> right, and then it fires blanks. blanks. It's it's oh, and then he's got that stupid umbrella helicopter. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, the the, the umbrella copter. It makes no sense whatsoever. That's a great. That's a great uh, TV show, like yeah. comic book TV show. Just the overall silliness. Like you could defy physics in any way, shape, or form in this movie, and most people probably wouldn't know. But that's the one where even like ten year old me was like, "Wait a second, the air lift to weight ratio is not <laughs> correct here, Dad. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> enjoy the movie. No, no, I will not enjoy this movie." <laughs> I really like helicopters, Dad. This doesn't make sense. Um, now, but there's also the scene with uh, where Catwoman and, and Penguin are, are coming up with their plan together, and it's you know she's doing the sexy thing, laying on the bed. He has a bird just so that she can try to eat it. And a really weird scene because like really that gets trying to get really like she has to pretend that she likes that. Yeah, and she's like, oh god, I, I forgot I'm not actually a cat, and also cats don't eat birds whole. In <laughs> fact, they don't really eat birds. They just kind of they kill just them. kill them and then leave them places. <laughs> they leave them for their mass is a sign of dominance <laughs> you can't feed yourself here right. eat this i'm gonna tr- i'm gonna teach you how to do this yeah yeah that, it's, it's, and it's, i don't know why the penguin has a bird well i don't know why the penguin cares about the bird <laughs> <laughs> right exactly what is the where did he even get this bird why does he have this bird i need a canary why in case of fumes in case of a cat's leak right yeah that's the only reason you always got to be careful. Carry around the canary. Who he has penguins? Do they not? Are they immune to gas? Like, well, I think that I think the well, whole- they're super. We we discussed this. They're super mutant penguins who have been yeah. raised and lived yeah. around toxic waste. Yeah, I think I think the whole, what Burton was getting at was the whole like penguins a bird. He cares about birds. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense because he's not a bird, nor does he care about, about anything. Yeah, well, I, the, he is, he's bird-themed, so he'd care about all things bird. Yeah. Kind of kind of like how Catwoman would care about all things cat. Well, it makes sense because she always did. Like, she yeah. did before she that's, was Catwoman. That's that a, makes it's sense. It's a character thing. I don't know where the cat came from. Just followed her in. That may or may not even be her cats. It's just a cat. Yeah, there's a that happens to be there. And once cats it, get in yeah. to places, that, that makes sense. A little more sense to me. But yeah, I don't know why he has that bird and why the penguin cares about it. Yeah, it's it's this weird. It's once again, it's this weird pseudo sexual thing of the 
they're working together, but they're you know gonna kill each other. Well, too, yeah, I mean, and, and she she knows that that's her strength. That's one of her weapons, right? Yeah. That's her her sort of her powers is this this inherent and innate sexiness that comes partly from just being a, a woman, partly from that new confidence that she has, and so that yeah, that Helen Reddy, I am woman, hear me roar. And it works on everybody. Yeah, works on everyone, and so <laughs> she's gonna just use it. It even works on gross sewer monsters. <laughs> sewer monster, <laughs> what? <laughs> Boat sewer monster. <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> Trump slash sewer monster 2016. <laughs> well, I'm pro sewer monster, <laughs> anti Trump, uh, but I really like his stance on the economy. I, I really like his stance on raw fish <laughs> and umbrella helicopters. Uh, of course, which, you know, they. Uh, so, anyway, the, you get this whole thing of. The, oh, and during this time when the, the, the big fight at the end, they, they take the Batmobile. And they program it so that yeah. the penguin. In one of the most bizarre turn of events, their penguin is going to take control of the Batmobile, and they take the Batmobile apart while Batman is distracted. Yeah, put a th- tracking thing on it or a, th- a programming thing on it, and which all the, it's it's just on the bottom. But yeah, it required them to take the whole thing apart. Yeah, and then yeah, Batman's able to. He built. This fiberglass little 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 like a like outside of a convenience store like a little Batmobile like a coin operated Batmobile. Bat what is it what is it what is it called like the Battle Ride yeah like a, or like something a, like yeah. that. It actually had a sign made. Yeah, I don't know when all of this happened, but yeah. he was like, "We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna get this thing, and it's inside of his trailer." Yeah. Which, which, which yeah, which it's, he has, yeah, and he's able to take control of the Batmobile. He was, he was like, you know what? I don't do anything half-assed. We're gonna <laughs> do this correct. Exactly. He's had a lot of time. Yeah, a lot uh, of time to think about this. Yeah, it's still, it's, it's now going on Easter. Yeah, because it's been so long. I mean, this has occurred in like the span of three days. They had that <laughs> fabricated in three days. But he's riding around on it, and he's, and he's saying things to Batman. He's controlling, and he's going to try to like make it so that. Batman's in the Batmobile and it looks and like, like he's running, running people over, down yeah. and he's crashing stuff and, and all he's, that. He's and being a public nuisance. Terrorizing public nuisance. Not even a menace, just a, a nuisance. nuisance. Just, oh, he's driving too fast. What a nuisance that Batman is. <laughs> uh, ah, obey the road. <laughs> now he didn't use a signal. I ah. have the right of way. Pedestrians always have the right of way. What so essentially nuisance. he's every Chicago driver is what he is. <laughs> and, he's, and, he, and he says... The quotes and Batman yeah. records it on CD. Yeah, he's got a little CD burner. He had a Stevie-R in, in the Batmobile. And CD he records it. He <laughs> thinks to put it in and record it, which is good. And uh, then they play it later during his preference co- press conference, where he says he's gonna play this city like a harp from hell. Yeah, and it's like, and everyone's like, oh well, the guy, penguin's bad now. Penguin's bad. <laughs> penguin's bad. bad. Ah, I never did trust that I sewer, monster. Heard sewer monster. Let's throw these vegetables. I should have knew when he said sewer monster. <laughs> Not to trust him. <laughs> it's like all these people in the background is like, oh, I'm from the penguin. Oh, the penguin's good. Oh no 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 no. The penguin's bad. No, the penguin's bad. Oh wait, no, now he's good. No, now he's good. I agree with the penguin. No, no, no. I now I don't agree with the heart from hell. No, no, no. <laughs> Just wait until I raise taxes. Ah, oh, the taxes. Oh no, I shouldn't have said that to Batman. <laughs> it's like oh, the finger thing means taxes. <laughs> 
don't love that one. The obscure one, but I love that one. Yeah. And so now everyone's against the penguin, which leads yeah. to his end. And he loses his mind. Yeah. And then it leads him to his end game of putting missiles on penguins. And kidnapping all of the firstborn. Yeah. Turning all of Gotham's water supply into blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Unleashing exactly. flies and boils. <laughs> On Gotham. <laughs> yeah, you know, you famine, flood, pestilence, the whole biblical spectrum. Now, see, here's something that would make this movie really great, is if the Penguin did go whole hog into, like, the plagues of Egypt thing. Like, if he figured, like, he fi- I'm a modern-day Moses! You know, yeah. like, that sort of thing. Like, he actually took the basket thing as kind of, like, a very biblical... He turned it to... Like, he wants to unleash these plagues on, uh, on Gotham. That could have been a cool little spin there. Yeah. You know, like, again, I don't know what it would have meant and how it would have related to any anything. of the characters in the movie, but it would have been consistent. Yeah, it would have been kind of cool, too. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I couldn't get flies, so I just unleashed bats. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, the bats symbolize flies. Well, it's already, <laughs> I believe... <laughs> I believe Perpetual Night is one of the plagues, so we're already... <laughs> yeah. Maybe Penguin did that, too. I don't know. I would just like to see the, the background guy, the, the taxes guy, going like, Oh, the bats! They symbolize flies! I get it! <laughs> like, he's the stand-in for the audience throughout the right. whole thing. Yeah, so he, his end game is to unleash penguins, which I believe was the 10th plague. Uh- <laughs> Had it had it not worked, uh, the 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 killing the firstborn thing, the next plague was going to be penguins. That really definitely would have done it. Yeah, and the, uh, the fine, fine, I'll let him go. Just get rid of these damn penguins. Yeah, because because uh, Batman, he in order to disable the tracker, he pretty much has to blow up the Batmobile. Um, so now all that he's left to assault the penguin with is his bat boat that goes through the sewer, his universally d- designed bat boat that can only be used for one thing, going through Gotham's enormous sewer pro- uh, sewer. Yeah. Um, to, to assault. And he's like shooting penguins and stuff. I'm like, ah, aren't those endangered? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They're, they're weird breeds that, yeah. that only live there because they're all interbreeding with each other because yeah. they've been abandoned. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, so Batman it makes his final assault on all the penguins of Gotham. He's able to, to get control of them to stop them from shooting stuff. The penguin has kidnapped Max. Um, Selina is, is down there as well, and it's the, it's the final confrontation right. is what it is. And the, 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 once Batman successfully deactivates the, the penguins that are going to shoot yeah. the rockets, um, the circus gang leaves they yeah. say oh he's he's, he's i'm out <laughs> exactly he's uh he's going down yeah. so we're out of here batman's coming nuts to this yeah um max ends up shooting the penguin uh so we don't even get yeah. we don't even get the the cathartic batman defeating the penguin yeah uh max kills the penguin and selena ends up um and he goes to to shoot um selena yeah, he shoots her several times, and she yeah. she's still going. Yeah, she's she keeps counting down rhyme. her lives. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. You know how this nine lives thing works? <laughs> you have to die first before I shoot you. She's like, I almost swallowed a bird hole, so <laughs> I am committed to this cat thing. I have nine lives. Yeah, and he she's he's like shooting her with like a forty five caliber pistol, which would it cause her to explode. <laughs> um, and then she finally. Uh, Pushes him against like this power supply thing, and then kisses him with the taser from yeah. earlier in the movie. And Nolan electrocutes him because that was his thing. Power, power, electricity. Nolan, it, it makes sense. There's parallels. You're they like fixed the autopilot. <laughs> yes, this and is how Max things Shrek work. Dies. Yeah, Chekhov's taser is finally used in this movie. <laughs> Chekhov's taser. <laughs> 
you know. And then Max Shrek dies. Batman pulls the thing off. You see this like weird Danny Elfman style, like mummified body with the hair sticking straight up. It's great. Yeah, it's very, it's very freaky very cool. as a child, but yeah. it's still pretty cool. Um, and then Batman goes. We off. have a little. We have a little funeral for. Uh, oh, the funeral for the <laughs> with the little penguin pallbearers that are little guys in suits waddling. <laughs> They're not even. They're not even holding the penguin. The no, pe- they're, just, just, they're just sort like of next walking to next to it, and it slides down into the water. My only feeling is is that the budget was so down at that point, there was no way they could do that on the budget they had. So they're just like, we'll kind of just people will assume people will get the gist of what we're going for here. That guy in the background's like, ah, oh, the penguins, ah, oh, they're pole bears, ah, oh. <laughs> you know that sort of thing. They're already wearing their funeral suits. <laughs> Batman's like, how did you get down here? He's like, how did anybody get down here? <laughs> that was anything, anything. Ah, <laughs> oh, the taxes. The finger <laughs> thing means taxes. <laughs> and then, of course, Batman goes off into the night and he thinks he sees Catwoman. And, and then it's Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh, and he gets a cat. He yes. does get he a cat. He finds a cat. And then, you know, <laughs> and then Alfred's like, it snows. It finds Merry snows. Christmas, Mr. Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm pretty sure it's Easter now, Alfred. It's been a really, it's been Christmas for a very long time. <laughs> and then uh, Alfred is replaced with Michael Caine for the final scene. He's like, Don't you have Muppets to take care of right now? <laughs> hey, let's see. Uh, what I'd like to do first is to put these little glove thingies on you. Our research tells us that voters like fingers. So if we want to just lose this, we'll, you know. We'll do it another time then. Okay, Doug? Not a lot of reflective surfaces down on the suit, huh? (laughs) Still could be worse. My nose could be gushing blood. (laughs) Your nose could be. All right, so production note-wise, there's not super much that you could tell about this movie. Um, One of the more interesting things that I've talked about on this show before is the very famous Sean Young Catwoman story, uh, where she lobbied hard for the part of Catwoman after after losing out the part in uh, in the original Batman movie, the Vicky Fail part in the Batman movie. She lobbied hard for the Catwoman part, even coming in a full Catwoman outfit with a whip into Tim Burton's office and Tim Burton having to hide underneath his desk until she was escorted out. <laughs> um, that that's like a very very famous story. And I and in watching um, the death of Superman, uh, whatever happened to Superman lives. Um, you can, and seeing Tim Burton talk about uh, his issues, like in doing these movies, like poor Tim Burton, like this man must have been like shaking in his boots, just terrified of women. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing I really want to talk about this movie is is this movie was marketed uh, up and down, like as, as oh yeah, as many ways as you can. The original Batman marketing was so huge. That they were expecting this movie to be just as big. And as in Batman, there was no toys when the movie was initially released. The original Batman, there was no toys. There was no because um, I don't know that I didn't get the sense that that movie was really originally designed for kids. Even though it's a comic book character, I think they were shooting for an older um, audience. Yeah, adults, right? Yeah, and the um, but this movie was marketed hard. Um, I mentioned earlier there was a there was McDonald's tie-ins and the the people who 
did the Titans, like McDonald's and and Kenner, were not very happy with the way that this movie turned out because this movie turned out way more adult than they were hoping mm-hmm. for. Much darker. Yeah, um, McDonald's was a big, very was a big uh, um, was one of the bigger names that was very unhappy with the way that the movie actually turned out because it's like you have to market the penguin in his rubber ducky like car. Yeah, like. In a Happy Meal. Now, right. this is a guy that literally said in the film, I'd like to fill her void. <laughs> like, that's not for kids. <laughs> it's a little awkward. And I think this is part of... It, there was a very conscious decisions that were made after this movie in terms of marketing for big blockbusters of, is this an adult movie or is this a kid's movie? Can we market this as a kid's movie or can we market it as an adult movie? I don't think that really existed after this movie, that kind of nebulous... Uh, PG thirteen ish rating for for children's movies, um, which is very evident when you get to uh, movies like Spider Man or X Men. Th- they make conscious choices of who they are marketing this movie to, and as mm-hmm. we know, you know, movies became more and more corporate after the mm-hmm. uh, into the nineties and two thousands, late nineties two thousands. Um, the another person who was cast for this movie was Annette Benning. She was originally cast as Catwoman. Mm. She had to be replaced because of her pregnancy. Oh, okay. so Michelle Pfeiffer ended up t- playing the part. There was a there was Harvey Dent originally appeared in this movie as well, but he was actually written out during a rewrite. Tim Burton didn't want to do this Batman, but he was offered a dump truck full of money, <laughs> and right. uh, it, it eventually uh, he got script script control, which is I think part of the reason why Batman wasn't so heavily focused on in this movie. It was more focusing on the Penguin and Catwoman and Max Shrek. <laughs> um, as opposed to Batman, because Tim Burton wanted to do more with, he wanted to do more Tim Burton-y things. Sure. It ended up, it was nominated for Academy Award for Best Visual Effects and Best Makeup, and it ended up making uh, over $200 million in its uh, in its initial run. So, uh, close to 300 Let me see if I can pull up the, the exact number. $266 million worldwide, with a... With, uh, and it's on a budget of $80 million, which was huge in the 90s, in the early 90s. An $80 million budget was gigantic. Yeah. But even then, Warner Brothers was disappointed in its in its final gross, and which is part of the reason I... Th- there's Some people say that Warner Brothers asked Tim Burton to step down for the third movie. Um, some people said Tim Burton turned it down. Uh, mm. That was... Uh, you could go either way. I'm kind of assuming Tim Burton kind of turned it down. I don't think Tim Burton... Still, two hundred sixty million return on eighty million is ridiculous, and that's not including merchandising that Warner Brothers was making at that. Oh, time. Oh, sure, yeah, that's just that's just box office world, and and yeah, I I I would say I I remember this movie being really successful. I mean, they made they made two more. Yeah, you know there there was no way, there was no way that I think you could call this movie a failure. I think no. it's a I think it's a um it's a weird movie, and I think it's remembered. I think people are a little mixed on it. Now you got people like us who kind of like weird movies and and are and are okay with with comic book movies. So I think we both are are generally fans of this movie. And, and yeah, we'll talk more about that at the end. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that this is a movie that um, you don't. It, it's odd looking at it and thinking about it making that much money. Yeah, I mean it. So it made two hundred seventy million, which was eighty uh, two hundred over its initial budget. Um, I do think that part of the I, – I personally think the concern was was that Tim Burton didn't want to do 
a family-friendly Batman movie. Mm -hmm. And Warner Brothers want to do something that they can market. Well, Burton, I think we talked about this last time. Batman, uh, Burton's always family-friendly, but never... It's not... He doesn't make generally, like, upbeat family kid movies. They're movies that, yeah, you might need to be a little bit older to really appreciate, but there's never anything... You know, explicit or really inappropriate in his in his movies, they they skirt that line a little bit, I think. But yeah. you know, even looking at like um, Pee Wee, uh, Beetlejuice, and maybe that's just because I grew up watching those movies, so I was kind yeah. of comfortable with his approach and his style. Um, I would say that, yeah, I mean, he always makes movies that are appropriate, but to your point, he didn't want a movie that was going to be exclusively designed to sell Happy Meals. Yeah, I think th- I think that's kind of it. And, you know, one of the things I, I was kind of talking about this with my wife yesterday, uh, we were watching Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. right? And my daughter was watching it with us because, you know, she's still a little young to watch the whole movie all the way through. And that's just more her attention span than anything. But we, we take, I usually will take a chunk. Like I showed her all of the opening of Empire, like all of the Hoth the stuff. Hoth stuff, yeah. And my wife was telling me that her boss at work has two children uh, who are older than my daughter. They're five and seven, respectively. And they can't watch that because they think it's too scary. Oh, yeah. And my my nephews are kind of like that, too. They they have issues yeah. with certain things. We, we had to walk out. We had to leave Wreck-It Ralph. Really? Yeah. Wow. There was one of them in particular. Was One was bored and the other one was yeah. uh, was afraid. Well, and my, my daughter loves... Uh, she... She does get she gets a little scared. Like I showed her Jedi with the with a Rancor monster, uh, and she like she put the blanket over by her eyes, but she was still but watching. She'll watch it, yeah. yeah. That's fine. And that's that's kind of the reaction you're sort of supposed to have. I yeah. think. And I was I was talking about this with my wife was that you know when we were kids, like you and I and my wife, you know my wife is the same age. We never we didn't have kids movies. There was no m- movies directed at kids except for like maybe Disney. Even Disney when we were kids was doing stuff like The Black Cauldron. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So we were we were there were family movies and then there were just like movies, movies that yeah. were just, you know, for adults. They were just movies. So we were very we grew up on movies that would scare us. Ghostbusters is sure. a kind of scary, scary moments. Yeah. yeah. Especially that librarian at the beginning. I remember being relatively scared of that when mm-hmm. I was watching it. And I think, I don't want to say it's, you know, the pussification of, of American youth, but there is something to be said about exposing kids to, if you're going to expose them to art, you have to kind of ex- expose them to the Tim Burton grotesque. Things that make may potentially make them a little, a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Maybe not uncomfortable, but may... Well, not uncomfortable in a, like, <laughs> excessive way, but uncomfortable of, like, oh, like... Like, when, like a surprise. Like, yeah. oh, I, d- I don't expect to see that, yeah. as opposed to just, like, minions. Yeah, and yeah. And it's just little non-things sort of running around speaking gibberish, yeah. you know? And I mean, like, things that... Where you don't know if the hero is going to win. You know, you have to have that... Yeah. You know, we, we have that in literature all the time, but, you know, you have to have this the, the moment where you don't know if the person's going to, if the good guy's going to win. Now, Batman Returns is not necessarily a great example of this, because <laughs> this movie is a comic book, right. literally put to the to the screen, but there is something to be said about, maybe it's not a, maybe Tim Burton is, is in the right, in that it's not a good thing to have a movie that's 100% marketable. You have to have a movie that's going to 
maybe challenge you a little bit. And, and, yeah. and even comic book movies can challenge you a bit on this. And I, I think I think that's kind of an important lesson of this movie. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Malikilikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Malikilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. All right, so fantasy recast. <laughs> if you'll uh, remember when we did The Dark Knight Returns and rises. Returns. Arises, when The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not the only one who does that. Yeah, it's I got that from you. Do. Um, so I got it from watching you. We talked about doing a Christmas Batman movie. Um, also known as Bing Crosby's Batman. And this is... Uh, so ridiculous. I think I'd like to call this movie The Road to Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know... We, we're probably going to have some overlap, yes, I think, I know. in, in I, that case. But but I, I like to... Th- I, I know we will not have some overlap because it's some. there are some Kevin picks in here. Yeah, there's there's a couple Joe picks. Um, so we had... Uh, this, this is also a short list. I only have like five people on it. Yeah, I think I just casted the main characters that we yeah. kind of talked about. So once again, you know, this is one of those ones that, you know, this is a Kevin Joe one where we get to talk about old actors and actresses that most people <laughs> listening to this will have no idea who we're talking about. Okay. But take this as an opportunity to, to look up some of these things, yeah. and, and uh, we promise you won't be disappointed. Now, everyone knows Bing Crosby, of course, you know, Holiday Inn, White Christmas, uh, mm-hmm. one of the best Christmas albums of all time, Beat His Kids, that whole thing. <laughs> we all we all kind of know Bing Crosby. <laughs> um, so what I was kind of imagining was... He, 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 was, he was a little bit of a monster. Yeah. But that's okay. Not a sewer monster, bo, 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 bo. but he was a, <laughs> a, monster. He was a, re- a regular, plain old real I'm a monster. Sewer. No. Um, I'm, a du- I'm a monster in my own house. They were... <laughs> You know, lots of, uh, you know, lots of classic sort of celebrities from that era um, have very dark streaks in their in yeah. their biographies that, uh, you know, don't necessarily uh, diminish. No, they're maybe taint uh, their their accomplishments a little bit. But as long as you don't lie to yourself um that you know they didn't do these things it's you yeah. can still it's fine to have sort of that complicated relationship with um celebrity you know with celebrities whether they're actors or, or whoever anyway so i mean i didn't really have a time period i'm sure you you kind of narrowed yourself down i kind of said late 40s early 50s that's about what i, I did yeah. yeah i didn't i didn't think about it too much I, I was trying to do that but but there was so much scope that it, it didn't really yeah, work. And there's I, only a few people you're pulling anyway. Yeah. So so of course this is Bing Crosby. I kind of imagined it as as um Is it a musical? Is it, uh, oh yeah of course. It's, okay. it's a music it's Bing it Crosby. It's gonna be a musical. Yeah. Okay, so we we have our our Batman of course, which is Bing Crosby. There's no place like Gotham for the holidays. Standing there as Batman with a martini. Just he pulls up in the Batmobile, and it literally is just the Studebaker. <laughs> it just says Bat on it. It's right. just written in letters. Um, so, let's start off. Who was your penguin? My penguin, just like your penguin. 
was Bob Hope. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> oh, penguin. I can't even do like a good Bob Hope, so I'm not even going to try. But it, it's like literally I'm running for mayor. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's yeah. just a it's just a 40s voice. <laughs> yeah, default 40s voice. But yeah, that's what it's you're going to get. It's it's really going to open up that banter because if you've seen any of the Road Two movies yeah. that they did together, um, they did a lot of uh, uh, stage shows and things together. Yeah, very vaudeville esque improv. Right, where yeah. Bing was... I, well, I mean, would you say Bing was the straight man? I guess Bing was the straight man. and, and yeah. then uh, and, and so I, I like the idea of, uh, instead of the penguin um, having umbrellas, that the he, penguin would have golf, golf clubs. clubs. That's exactly what I was thinking, <laughs> I like too. the idea of that, that visual. Yeah. Um, or he'd have a golf club. A the pen- golf club comes out, and then a propeller comes out, and he I was thinking flies away. <laughs> more of, like, he's pulling out the umbrellas, and he pulls out one that's just a golf club, and he just... Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, of, of course, where they're, where they're both riding on a camel for some odd reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I... But- I don't know necessarily if the penguin was based off Bob Hope, but Bob Hope has a lot of very penguin esque clothes. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of makeup you need to no. make Bob Hope. He's but. already got the nose. He's he's it works very well. Um, who did you put for your Catwoman? Now, my Catwoman, and this is where it's it's this is going to get into a, a Kevin pick. Now, um, I was I'm I'm a huge fan of the, and this will feed into um, my my director as well. I went with a, a sort of an obscure pick but i'm a huge fan of the um the 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 movie the red shoes okay um did you did you pick, ballet movie. did you pick sid Charisse? no okay. i picked um the star of, of that movie okay um who's the the ballet dancer um uh moira shearer okay um, is her yeah. name and so um i was imagining that playing like a big role as my Catwoman, where since this was going to be a musical and since she's very sort of nimble and acrobatic there yeah. would be this ballet kind of movement to her and i think that she she didn't she wasn't in a lot but she worked um because she she mostly was a, a ballet performer yeah and she appeared in a couple of movies um and then she really she I don't think she appeared in much of anything after um Peeping Tom in nineteen sixty, but uh which is she didn't get to do much ballet. I think she just got murdered in that movie. Uh, <laughs> I think that was it. There wasn't really anything else for her to do. Uh, but that would be a really cool I'm picturing this really um expensive uh technicolor you know beautiful weird movie that, yeah that they would do that's also a christmas movie that's it's also, also a musical yeah that's yeah. also a yeah. comic book movie yeah and that, that's why i went so with... she'd be a lot of fun to see and who did you pick i picked sid Charisse. that's who i ended up going with of course sid Charisse, who's in every dancing movie from the 1950s and yeah. 40s um she's she's one of my favorites and you know i i only know the red shoes because i you know i did a lot of theater when i was in, in college mm-hmm. and um, that's like the the patron saint of movie. That's the patron movie of of like every girl dancer is the red shoes. I think they even mention it in chorus line. <laughs> oh, probably. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating movie. So that's yeah. getting a little bit ahead since since that was my inspiration. Um, I'm imagining. I don't know if you picked a director, well, uh, directors, well, but um, Powell and Pressburger. Okay, I think would write and direct this. And they did a little bit of, you know, they did a lot of uh, sort of big. Um, they did like the life and death of Colonel Blimp. They did um, Black Narcissus. So they did yeah. some sort of artier movies, but they also did a lot of like swashbuckling. Actually, Black Narcissus would work really well for like a serious Batman movie of the 1940s. Sure, yeah, 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 
yeah, yeah. These... No, I mean, I think they'd have the the great touch. And I mean, Michael Powell was a huge influence yeah. on like Martin Scorsese and and a lot of the guys that are big influencers now. You know, so he's one of those. If you're not really familiar with him and with them and their work, um, you might be more familiar with it than you think. But um, I would definitely look that up. Yeah, I end up going with Hal Walker because let's face it, if you're doing yeah. a Road Two movie, you might as well just sure. get the guy who did all the Road Two movies. Yeah, and just was like, all right, guys. <laughs> all right guys go ahead just just do your thing do, do your thing yeah you know? um but no i i like sid charise because i i wanted a lot of i wanted that ballet scene i wanted that yeah that weird rogers and hammerstein midway through the movie dream ballet that's what i wanted so i think like a bing crosby thing i mean it, it might make more sense to go with a uh, um fred astaire for batman if you're gonna do that but Bing Crosby could do a little bit of the yeah. Two. It's okay. He could do a little to, soft shoot for you. It's okay to not have it be a dancing movie necessarily, but to still give her a very ballet like dance yeah. quality. Absolutely. Uh, um, did you have a? Uh, did you cast who? Who else did you cast? Um, I cast a Alfred. Okay, and who, who's your Alfred? Uh, uh, do you want me to? Do you want me to say mine? Well, who did you put? I put Lionel Barrymore. Oh, really? That's a good pick. <laughs> Yeah. No, that really is a good pick. I went a little different than you, though. Uh-huh. I went with uh, Bill Bojangles. Bill Bojangles? Bill Robinson. Okay. Bill Bill Robinson, a.k.a. Mr. Bojangles. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're talking um, about. I, I think I, I kind of was like, wow, well, is it a little racist if I make the black and the <laughs> the butler? Ah, it's the 1950s. I don't think anyone would care. Um, but yeah, he's another dancer, another a great dancer, yeah, singer. Yeah, yeah. That would be perfect in this movie. He has a little song about how there's... Uh, how how the the mayor has left really quickly. <laughs> um, right, Max Shrek. Who'd you put? Uh, my Max Shrek. I, I I think I would actually love to have uh, had either like the Riddler or maybe even the Joker for this movie because I really think he'd nail the part and have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, but I think he could still pull this off, and that's Danny Kay. Danny Kay is my Commissioner Gordon. Oh, okay. I did. Uh, that uh, well, I, worked, the, I didn't cast a Commissioner Gordon. Well, I mean, he's I like the mayor. You can put him as the mayor, too. Okay. Danny, Danny K, remem- yeah. Remember Commissioner Gordon even in this movie, so I'm sure he is. He I is. Just haven't yeah. paid, don't remember him. But I mean, like that, that character, Danny, Danny K. K. Oh, yeah. Hands down. We'll put Danny <laughs> K. But did you didn't put him at Shrek? That is Danny K. Yeah. Oh, Dan- okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I ended I'm up casting him because that's the only other character I could really think of. Um, my Mac Shrek, um, it's a little early. I know he was doing movies at this time, but I perennial favorite of this podcast uh um vincent price <laughs> okay yeah. yeah i mean he's, he's he the... wasn't quite vincent price yet yes. i mean because he was yeah. in like laura and he was actually uh that was like mm, 1940 yeah but he was he could but he was like the younger he was like almost like the romantic interest, interest yeah. in that movie but i mean you gotta think about it walking he wasn't really old walking like crazy walking is now i mean yeah. this movie came out in what 92 you know would have been really good as joseph cotton or even Orson Welles. Orson, Orson Welles would have been pretty fun. Yeah. Orson Welles as the penguin would have been really fun. Yes. <laughs> he could have done it. He, he would have eaten the raw fish, too. Right. And they would have been like, Orson, what are you doing? He's like, I'm in character. <laughs> I'm going method. I'm inventing that. Yeah, but I, I think, I think, I think you know, Vincent Price is always, if you're going to do the, the weird spooky villain and anything old, you might as well just put Vincent Price in it. <laughs> yeah, he just wasn't quite that yet. Not until like the late fifties. Not until even the early sixties. Not until you started getting into like all Doctor Five when he started and, doing yeah. the Hammer stuff. Yeah, and, and... Vince, uh, uh, I thought about Christopher Lee too, but I was like, "There's no way Christopher Lee would have showed up in any of those movies." No, not not yet. Not not yet. Mm-mm. No, but yeah, that's uh, I I went with my Vincent Price. That's but the if only you other... wanted to to go the B movie route. Yeah, but the only this other... being a a state a big spectacle. That's that's. Yeah. 
That's the only reason why. I, that those are the only ones I've, I did. And Danny Kaye was just like my my alternate for like you just want him in the movie. Yeah, yeah. You might as well. He could do a song as yeah. the mayor. It'll be great. Yeah. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe I'd put uh, uh maybe, you know you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna change my Max Shrek to I'm gonna change my Max Shrek to um um um. I can't think of his name right now. I just said his name earlier. Dance guy. Uh, <laughs> oh, Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. I'll yeah. make Fred Astaire my Max Shrek, so he and Sid Shrees can do the ballet where he throws her out the window at the end. Nice. There you go. Awesome. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey! Jingle bells, Batman smelt, Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost the wheel, and the Joker got away! Alright, so uh, All right. Kevin picked our top three. It was a little late this this time. Well, it was a little late, yeah, because uh, it, this was difficult, because the obvious thing to do is your favorite, our favorite Christmas movies. And I was trying to think of, we're neither of us, and we talked about this last time, uh, are, are big on Christmas movies. We like certain Christmas movies, and we'll watch them, but it's not like Halloween, where it's like, you could just watch horror movies, yeah. and it's all... A theme, and the problem with going with just Christmas movies would be the list would be exactly the same. Yeah. You'd have your Die Hard, you'd have your Gremlins, uh, Gremlins Christmas Vacation, you'd, you'd have kind of all of those. I mean, neither of us are probably going to put It's a Wonderful Life, or I mean, I love It's a Wonderful Life, but it probably yeah. that one might be on my list. But like White Christmas, none of that. That might yeah. that Holiday wouldn't be. Those make it a top ten, maybe. Meet but, me in St. Louis. What? That's just because they're. Well, that's a great one too. That's just because there's a not a lot of. Uh, Christmas movies that we really you know, like. So the, my my problem with Christmas movies, and I, I I'm not a big Christmas movie fan no. to begin with. I mean, I like I like Die Hard just because I like Die Hard, not because it's a Christmas movie. Right. In fact, like the, the fact most- that it's a Christmas movie actually is just incidental and super helpful for the purposes yeah, of and these the, lists. And the, the people who are like, you see on on Facebook who are like, it's not Christmas till I see Hans Gruber get thrown out of Nakatomi Towers. Like, well, screw you. That's a great movie. You don't need it to be Christmas. You don't need to watch that at Christmas. You can watch that movie at any time. Right. That's, it's, for me, my two holiday, my two movie holidays are Halloween, which we already talked about, and the 4th of July. Right. So that you can watch. The Patriot, I could watch. Um, Jaws. Jaws, and I could watch uh, 1776. <laughs> Which, which I finally watched this year. <laughs> what a baffling movie that is! <laughs> it's so fun. I what love a befuddling it. film. Oh, and the music's great. Uh, but you did, yeah. Top, you did top Christmas movies since 1990. 1990. Just so that none of those movies we mentioned can be on this list. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. to make it interesting. And I and I think we're still going to have some overlap. But I know for a fact that we'll at least have some unique choices. Um, because I know you won't put one of these on your list. So uh, I will let you kick things off with your number three. I'll start, my number three I'll start off with is just probably the one that we both have on our list. I hope it's not higher up on your on this to steal from you, but it's Elf. Elf. Elf, Elf just missed my list. I actually okay. hadn't seen Elf all the way through until um, probably like a year or two ago. I mean, yeah. I'd seen bits and pieces of it. Um, I really like Elf just because of the strength of Will Ferrell in that movie. Uh, and, of course, you, you have uh, James Caan. Uh, <laughs> exactly. James Caan playing the best James Caan part of all time. <laughs> just angry James Caan, which is the only type of James Caan you ever want. No, and Zoe Deschanel is great in it, too. A relatively pre-fame Peter Dinklage. Yes. Pre, at least, the level of fame he has now. Or pre-station agent, too, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. The uh, But I, I, I like the movie. It's a fun movie to kind of watch. It's it's not so sacrosanct as like people like, well, you have to watch this. I think it's getting there, especially among people our age, because it's it's nice to sort of have a movie made 
in our lifetimes yeah. that we can kind of go back to. And 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 Will Ferrell really is amazing in the movie. I mean, just yeah, uh, it, he's very good. And without a lot of like standard Will Ferrell, like a lot of there's no swearing in that movie. Yeah, uh, there's pl- no there's no like overt sexual innuendo, mm-hmm. or and if there is, it's very innocent sexual innuendo. And there's um and it's directed by by Johnny Favs, so you know why not? Yeah, um, it's a fun movie. So what's your number three? My number three, which I put on this list, I'd say about seventy percent because I genuinely like it and watched it the other day, um, and about thirty percent just to aggravate you because uh, I know how you feel about it and I think it's funny. Um, oh, I know what this is. I'm putting them up at Christmas oh! Carol. This is... <laughs> when you yell at people about the damn nostalgia classes, this is the number one movie for that. This and no. Muppet Treasure Island. This... No, well, Muppet Treasure Island's terrible, but <laughs> that movie makes no sense. No, but Muppet Muppet Christmas Carol. I will agree with people. Uh, I, I will disagree with anyone who says, uh, my father-in-law included, and I think my wife, um, who say that this is the best. Christmas Carol adaptation. That's um, wrong. Because I don't think that it is. I think it's one of the best because I think it has enough of the tone that I like a lot that that it hits a lot of things surprisingly well with um, the original sort of Dickens narration stuff that gets kind of thrown away a lot of the time um, and a great use of all of the available Muppets. I mean, you don't... There, there's only they did three new Muppets to represent the the ghosts. So there's there's only those three. Everyone else sort of gets used, yeah, um, and gets used in clever ways. And because you've got this whole village, this whole town to sort of work with, you can throw in, you know, a lot of different characters. Um, the songs are pretty good, with the exception of that god awful like sad ballad from the that the goes on for 20 minutes and actually mercifully gets cut from the dvd release thank Ugh. goodness um because i have to skip that scene anyway there's i'll give you that the soundtrack is pretty decent like i like a lot of the songs on it songs are good it's the muppets and it's the last mm. really good muppets movie mm. for a long time <laughs> you can disapprove all you want i don't care um i'll also say that the 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 jacob marley the marley and marley song also kind of doesn't make any sense but i really like that the little lockboxes also sing back up there's no reason for that but they do and it's really funny okay well (laughs) because of the spirit of christmas i'm going to mercifully allow this to pass without without you can't heavy comment not allow it anyway (laughs) so go right ahead with your number two uh okay so my number two one i'm gonna hold up i'm gonna bring this up really quick is actually probably the most recent one on my list Hmm. uh from 2005 it is a horror movie called santa's sleigh nice have you seen this movie um you know i maybe um this movie is a movie about santa is actually a a not a good guy he's an evil spirit but he lost a a bet which means for like a thousand years he had to be good and now the bet has finally come to pass that he could be evil again um and it's a stupid movie sure incredibly stupid but it's so fun goldberg the the wwf wrestler wwf at the time wwe now goldberg the wrestler i think he actually was wcw at the time plays santa claus (laughs) i don't know just gigantic santa claus 
Uh, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so you have to forgive me if I get anything incorrect with this. But there is a fantastic scene that if you do, do yourself a favor and go see it on YouTube, this is the only thing you really need to watch from the movie, where Chris Kattan and Fran Drescher and a bunch of <laughs> other people are sitting at a dinner table, and Santa comes in and then just slaughters them all. It oh, is boy. fantastic. Oh, boy. Yeah, that, that's my number two. <laughs> that's interesting. No, I don't think I've seen that. I think I've seen... I've uh, certainly seen some Christmas what, horror what's, what's the f- movies. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Maybe or that's just, what I'm thinking yeah. of. There's also um, Black Christmas, Black one Christmas. of the original slasher movies, yes. which um, is also not terribly good. But that, that one's... I think Silent Night, Deadly Night was in the 80s, which is the reason why I didn't yeah, put it on Yeah, well, Black list. Christmas was, yeah, I think like late 70s. It's, it was made right before, I think either they came out the year of or the right the year before um, Halloween did. And it was kind of credited as sort of being the original slasher movie and then Halloween would kind of come along and and popularize that but um that that's the Christmas movie I guess but um I also like that movie for kind of really taking advantage of the whole like the call is coming from inside the house kind of thing where he's like upstairs the whole time spoiler uh it's not really a spoiler I don't know if it's a spoiler but this is a spoiler uh, safe zone I went with another uh uh for my number two is a fairly recent movie that um I don't it's been a little while since I've seen this one too, but I remember it's one of those ones that could easily be um, sort of a like a screw off to Christmas, um, but manages to simultaneously also be a really delightfully effective Christmas movie in spite of itself. Um, and that's intentional. That's how the movie's structured, and that's Bad Santa. Oh yeah, Bad Santa. Bad Santa was looking at my list. Yeah, I was like, it's not super Christmassy. No, but it, I mean it's got it, it's got enough Santa in it to be a sure. Christmas movie. I mean, for Santa's sure, in the for title. Sure. It's it's central to the plot. I know a um, lot of people that really like this movie as a, as a yeah. Christmas movie. Yeah, I, I, I Bad Santa was the one that. That if it was on your list, um, and I, I had a feeling if it was going to be on your list, it would probably be in the number three spot. And so if you had said that, I would probably replace it with Elf just because <laughs> on my list because I could have seen those going either way. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I like it, and I just love that it's one of those where, um, like, my wife groaned when I told her that it was going to be on my list, and I was like, have you even seen that movie? And she's yeah. like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, then come be It's relax. actually a pretty heartwarming movie. It is. He, he gets the, you know, the kid, and he has, you know, the kid kind of starts following him around and looking up to him for no obvious reason just because he needs a friend it's, and it's so one of those it weird, ends up sweet one of those weird still, Billy Bob Thornton movies of the 90s right. where like he inexplicably becomes a role model yeah like there's a lot of those movies that happened for some odd reason but this isn't a movie that I watch perennially it's just a movie that you know I've mm-hmm. seen it once or twice but I, I, I could see it again <laughs> I think I need to, to revisit that one all right so my number one movie is movie. I don't know if if, if it you, might be my number one as well. I don't well. know. We'll see. My number one is the ref. Oh no, no, no. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen the ref? I have a long time ago on VHS. I think I had it on VHS actually. The ref is one a lot of those of people movies. Like this movie a lot. It's almost perfect. It falls apart in the end. Uh-huh. It comes a little too manic in the end. But of course, the ref is. Uh, I think it's ninety six. Let me just double check. That I know really it's quick. yeah. I know it's a it's a it's like a mid to late nineties movie. Ninety four. Yeah. Okay. Um, when Dennis Leary was Dennis, popular for a hot minute. Yeah, when Dennis Leary was doing the Dane Cook and stealing jokes from uh, from uh, <laughs> what's his face uh, with the guy that died, Bill uh, Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks. Yeah. Dennis Leary was stealing jokes from Walking Bill Hicks. Around yeah. Doing Bill Hicks. Whole, but he was also like shtick. yeah, he's doing his whole shtick, but also really popular because he was doing like interstitials on MTV for some odd reason. <laughs> Yeah, he was kind of the guy for a yeah, little while. Yeah, 
He was mm-hmm. also in in some Fat Boys movies. Um, no, not Fat Boys. He was in uh, the movie with Dr. Dre and Ed Lover, the one where they were cops. He played the he played the the, the chief of police on that one. But anyway, oh god, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, he so he's he plays a burglar who's burglarizing this like mm-hmm. very waspy New England family, as played by uh, uh, Judy Davis and Kevin Spacey. Just unbelievable yeah. in their. The way the the way this movie is my number one on the list is because of some of the dialogue in this movie. And yeah. I wanted to pull up my favorite quote, which is still one that I use to this day from my own mother. You know what, Mom? You know what I'm going to get you next Christmas? A big wooden cross. So every time you feel unappreciated for all your sacrifices, you can climb on up and nail yourself to it. <laughs> one of my favorite lines of all yeah. time. It's just... Everything is so biting, and the way the delivery works. And Kevin Spacey, this is pre, this is pre uh, seven. Kevin Spacey, pre usual suspects. Kevin Spacey. This is Kevin yeah. Spacey doing pretty much like re- refining who Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. is. So good in this movie. Um, and I didn't really know about this movie until like l- at post college for myself. Mm-hmm. And I watched. It, I'm like, this movie is amazing. But it does fall apart at the end. You kind of feel a little let down because of mm. of. Um, just the, the way the movie ends. I'm not going to spoil it or anything like right. that. But it's 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 definitely for the first two thirds of that movie, just awesome. <laughs> just like everything I expect with Christmas. Just like parents fighting and people not getting along and people miserable because they're forced to spend a holiday together amongst people who have nothing in common. Who you know are just just nothing but alcohol fueling the night. That's what Christmas is to me. <laughs> You're number one. No, that's a really good pick. I, I have to see that movie again because I, I, like I said, I used to actually have it. I know on VHS, and I liked it. Um, I just, it's been so long. I just who, don't who, didn't really remember it. Who was the writer on that movie? Um, uh, Mary Weiss. Oh, it was directed by Ted Demi. Okay, yeah, I know, I'm not sure what Mary Weiss has, else has done. I don't really. She only did two credits. So, and one of wow. them is the ref. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so my number one is, I'm a little surprised that it's not in your list. Maybe it's because you're just, you're, you're doing an anti-nostalgia thing Maybe. right now. Maybe. Could be. Um, possibly, but. I might have forgotten about it, so. Well, I guarantee you, you did not forget about Home Alone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I purposely, I'm not a whole, I, yeah. I, yeah, Home Alone is very nostalgic for my it, wife. It is, okay. It is a nostalgia pick in a lot of ways, but. I've saw this movie so much yeah. that I think if you're, but it, it's actually been a while since I've sat through it. A couple of years, I saw it fairly recently, um, and I do believe that it holds up. I think it does. It's a very, very well directed movie, and I still, I think, even like in spite of how repetitive it is and how unnecessary it is, I think uh, Home Alone Two is passable um, yeah. as far as sequels go. It's like, well, okay, I mean. You've got to get over the fact that this could happen again. You've got to get over the fact that in the entire city, those same criminals would... A different city, those same criminals would show up. But we're not talking about the second one. talking about the yeah. first one. The, the second one has huge story problems. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, which including is, a cameo from Donald Trump. Which is that's true. Which is fundamental, I think, to Christmas movies anyway. I mean, Donald I, Trump? I, yes. <laughs> Exactly. Sewer monster. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think for people of a certain age, I think Home Alone is is one of yeah. those. I, I think Elf, which we talked about earlier, is probably a, a movie that ha- it has since now officially reached 
Home Alone levels of nostalgia for people. Um, so in defense of Home Alone, Home Alone, as I said, is a very well-written, well-directed, and even well-acted movie. Everyone in it is is very, Catherine very O'Hare good. O'Hare is super funny. Joe yeah. Pesci and, uh, oh, and Daniel, uh, Stern. Daniel Stern are great. Oh, yeah. They're, it's And to get Joe Pesci not swearing for like an entire hour <laughs> and to have it not be terrible yeah. yeah and the uh even even macaulay culkin is is a very very likable kid even as much as i hate wiener kids in movies uh and the soundtrack is one of the better i think i think that's john williams who did it that's a it's a really well, and john hughes wrote it john Chris columbus directed, directed it. it it'll go on to direct a couple harry potters the i think there's couple. a there's a famous story about chris columbus where he was on a movie, and it was, uh, it was, I can't remember who was like producing it or there was a star on it where he said he could not, and he was working with, uh, with, uh, um, um, John Hughes. Like John Hughes was producing the movie, and I cannot think of what it is for the life of me. And John Hughes, and he said, to John Hughes, like, I can't direct this movie. I can't do this. I can't work with this person. Um, and so Hughes was like, well, I have this other movie. You want to do this? And it ended up being Home Alone. Yeah. And that's how he got that job. Well, and that makes sense because um, it, the connection makes sense anyway, because um, Macaulay Culkin was uh, probably most famous at that point from Uncle for Buck. Uncle Buck, yeah. John Hughes, which John Hughes direct, wrote and directed. Yeah. So which he was at it, least familiar with him. And so that would have that is an obvious kind of pair. And I love Uncle Buck. It's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Poor, I, poor John Candy, man. That's a great movie. I know. Yeah, yeah. No. And and Home Alone. I think I, I I don't like it as much because it's very predictable. Um, once sure. you've seen it like once or twice, yeah. and then as the older you get, you're just like, God damn wiener kids, you know. <laughs> and th- yeah, th- there's also the whole part of like once you're a parent, the idea of forgetting a child to me is just such an it's, idiotic yeah. concept that right. I I can't fathom it. You have to get over just that aspect of it, but then it's it's tempered by sort of how cartoony the rest of the movie is. Yeah. The stuff with the burglars, like the fact that he can get you know, hit in the face with a paint bucket and the clang and then have the yeah. iron burn mark and still be okay and have yeah. the top of his head burned. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff can happen and they're okay. And it lets you realize it's that very, this is a fantasy. Very Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I There's a great uh, fan theory out there. Um, you know, I... I I don't normally subscribe to fan theories, but I really like this one. Is that John Candy is actually the devil in that movie? And Catherine O'Hara is like literally says, like, I do anything to get a ticket and I do anything to get home. And it's like John Candy's like, Hello. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like he like she like sells her soul to be able to get home with the huh. with the polka band. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You guys give up or you're thirsty for more. Alright, so final thoughts on Batman Returns. Um I still really like this movie i i like this movie at least as much as the first tim burton original batman they're they're tonally very different there's enough sort of similar about them that you don't have any difficulty believing that they take place in sort of the same universe yeah but it doubles down on all things kind of goofy and uh i'll say campy i i I, it's not quite camp but it's it's self-aware enough that it's almost camp. It's 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 self-aware. As yeah. I will definitely give it. It's very self-aware of what it is, and I like that. I think if you're going to, I almost feel like comic book movies 
have only there's so only so many ways you can successfully make a comic book movie you can go you know very dark gritty christopher nolan thing which wasn't really a thing yet you could go uh very visual and colorful and 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 polished the way that you know the the richard donner superman movies were and while the marvel movies are now um or you just go, this is a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, this is a live-action cartoon. None of this really makes sense. The internal logic is Nonsense. bonkers. Yeah. And you just have to go with it. And that's everything that we talked about in this movie. And I miss those. And I miss movies like this. I, I completely agree. This movie, I had not seen since I probably watched it on Spanish in 2004. Watched it in Spanish in 2004. <laughs> you watched it in Spanish for some I, reason? When you're really poor living. I was living in my apartment. And we didn't have TV. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, Telemundo. Batman Returns is on, on Telemundo. I'll watch this. <laughs> I know this movie. Yeah. Uh, I probably hadn't seen it in like over 10 years when I saw it. And I was I was so shocked at how much I loved this movie. Yeah. Um, it, with... Tempered only with the fact that Batman is not in this movie enough. Um, and I don't think that they gave Batman anything to do in this movie. This is really Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Christopher Walken's movie. This movie is this movie is so bel- unbelievably fun to watch. Um, and yeah. definitely not for, like, little kids. But And I don't even think... Teen- I think I, I am in the right sweet spot to really love this movie. Sure. Um, just I don't love it, but I think it's very fun. I, I I think there's certain things that don't age well, and I think one of the things that uh, I may be unfairly put, putting on this movie is um, all of that self-aware branding that we kind of talked about yeah. and some of the stuff where I think you're being a little Batman unfair. becomes <laughs> it's more of the uh the, what we were talking about with the merchandising. It's it's yeah. the stuff that merchandising, a, merchandising, merchandising. <laughs> there's enough. That Tim Burton obviously fought against that his vision is still alive in this movie, but it's yeah. being so bogged down by toys and visual silliness and, uh, and things that I think keep it from being um, an A movie for me. So oh, um, I'm going to give it a B plus. I'm giving it a B plus as well. the The thing that keeps it from an A for me is is the 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 lack of Batman. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Tim Burton just didn't care about Bruce Wayne Batman in this movie. And I don't think that's necessarily it could have benefited from more Batman, but the movie's called Batman. Batman Returns. And Batman yeah. doesn't return till 25 minutes into this movie. <laughs> right. It's, this movie yeah. could have called Batman Returns a Toaster, and that's pretty much would have been as, as accurate. <laughs> um, hi-yo! Yeah. Um, that's, that's the one thing. And the other thing is, is that it... Um, the plot really is bonkers nonsense. And, yeah. like, normally I'll give it a pass, and that's why I'm only, like... It's part like it's like half a half a letter grade. So it's like what what I kept it from an A minus is the lack of Batman and the fact that the plot is really kind of like yeah, they I could agree. have came up with something better for Max that would have made a little bit more sense. That would you know yeah I agree. Even if it was just a toxic waste dumping facility or something similar yeah, to that, that's an easy thing to to go. Oh, that's he's bad. Yeah. That's bad. We need to stop that. And as for as much as it's. N- not comic booky because it, it deviates so far from the Batman continuity. It's so bad. It's so co- uh, comic booky that it's fun. Mm-hmm. It does it in the right way where you can ignore the past but still have fun with it. You know, because who really cares if the Penguin is is an aristocrat or a sewer monster? <laughs> you know, in the, in the long run, that was his uh, campaign slogan actually in the movie. <laughs> who really who cares, cares if I'm a aristocrat, aristocrat or, a or a sewer, sewer monster. monster? Vote Penguin. <laughs> So monster. Um, oh, the taxes. Um, so 
That's about it for today. Uh, go to planarbitrary.com for your planar arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at planar arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at at K White says. Like our Facebook page backslash planet arbitrary. Uh, the best way you can help the podcast out is to like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Um, there you can also get access to Play On Podcast, which is all about video gaming, and it's going up uh, opposite of this podcast. So one week it's uh, Play On, next week it's Comic Book Logic. Um, speaking of sister podcasts, we also have the Game Classy Podcast, which is all about tabletop wargaming and uh, board games, card games, all that fun stuff with me and Steve that posts also on the opposite weekends. Um, and you can listen to us on the Game Classy YouTube page because I have access to that and I set it up and created it. So that's where you could listen to this on YouTube if you if you like. Um, so the next one we're doing, yeah. uh, we're actually, you're going to get a little bit of a bonus episode. Hopefully it'll come out in time. We're hoping to get it out is uh, we're going to be doing a uh, preview of the 2016 comic book slate for movies. So right. we're going to we're going to kind of releases. We're going to mm-hmm. kind of go over the upcoming 2016 movies. I think there's like seven or eight movies. Mm-hmm. Not going to be formatted like our normal podcast. We're kind of going to hit all oh. of them, uh, including Ninja so you, Turtles. So you have uh, so you have that to look forward to. Yeah, you got that to look forward to. Us speculating on movies based on trailers, <laughs> well, <laughs> based it, on previews. No, I mean we we. I think it'll be good. I, I, we'll we'll figure out you know what what's in store for us because ideally we'll be able to for the first time uh we didn't we were very good we missed fantastic four um because we were in the marvel thing yeah but we we did ant-man and that was kind of our first like we saw it in the theater like that weekend and we got you know the episode out and Um, also so we'll try to do that i think for all of these releases i would have refused to see fantastic four in the theater (laughs) i i would have that movie looked what we need to do is awful this needs to take off enough so that this is more or less part of our jobs and uh we can uh get our uh movie tickets um tax deductible that's what we need so that now we're not actually paying uh, for these, maybe we'll get screeners. Get I don't see them I don't, early. I don't do my taxes. I give that to Diana. She's, uh, <laughs> she's no, that's fine. Save all your ticket stubs as long as she the, d- detects her like lotto losses. I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> gambling debts or whatever. Um, so, but our next big movie we're going to do is we're going to be doing uh, Zack Snyder's The Watchmen. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's remember exciting. we talked about it because uh, well, I kind forgot, of a New Year's yes. thing, you know, countdown. Uh, so we're going to do Zack Snyder's The Watchmen. Uh, Kevin probably doesn't have his pick three picked out yet, but what we're going to do is our casting list will be a night, late 80s, early 90s Terry Gilliam Watchmen. Okay. All right. So, Very Kevin, good. until next time. Ah, no, no, Texas. Comic, what, logic, logic.